I wasn't terribly surprised. I thought it made sense dramaturgically. Hello and welcome back into another episode of Dramaturgically. I'm your host, Stephen Clark, and today we are on episode eight of the podcast. Um, it's absolutely flying by and I feel like I've really started to yeah, get into the groove with the episodes and um, I'm really, really happy with the, with the content and with the types of films that I've been able to talk about on this podcast. I mean, when I set out to make it, you know, the goal was to talk about classic and foreign cinema. And I feel like I've really been able to talk about some of my favorites um, and examples um, like Wild Strawberries um, and uh, Black Narcissus, like thing and Ace in the Hole, like some of my absolute favorite films. So it's, I think it's, it's time in the podcast now that for the next few episodes, I'm going to be exploring films that I haven't seen before. And a lot of these are going to be first time watches. So, um, yeah, I think that that's going to also lead to some great exploration of themes and uh, ideas because, you know, I'll be watching these films for the very first time and unpacking them um, in, in real time. So if anyone, uh, I guess, likes the sound of any of the films that I talk about in the next few episodes, yeah, it'll, it'll, um, it'll be with a big encouragement and recommendation for me to watch them. So yeah, without any further ado, let me get into today's episode. And today we're going to be talking about 1994's Once Where Warriors. is Once Where Warriors follows the life of the Hickey family, specifically Jake and Beth Hickey, who are the mother and father of five children trying to make their way in Auckland, New Zealand in the early 1990s. The tale depicts um, really a, a dark and grim reality for families of the middle to lower class of Auckland of the time. It is a film that harrowly depicts abuse, alcoholism, violence, systemic family issues, sexual abuse. There are so many themes depicted in this film. It's honestly, it's it's a really powerful film to watch. And still to this day, it resonates as powerfully as I can only imagine seeing this film in the 1990s. This film is truly uh, one of the defining films of its country. I think if you are from New Zealand, there's sort of an assumption that you have seen this film because it really takes a stab at not not only uh, Maori, I guess, um, systemic violence that has that found its way into the homes of so many people of that time, but also just larger life in general and and the way that we see it in talking about you know the lower class. Um, you know, this is a film that really speaks to me as as someone who grew up with a, a violent stepfather. Um, this this film really is unflinching and unwavering in the way that it faces abuse and it deals with it. And I really particularly love that there's sort of different angles in which we see 
the abuse portrayed in the film. We see it through the, through the eyes of, of the parents who, you know, despite all of Jake's flaws as, as the father, um, he, he still has this sort of charming quality to him, brought to him by Tamura Morrison, who um, keen eye viewers probably know from uh, portraying Boba Fett in Star Wars. Uh, this is sort of one of his big breaks and uh, one of the films that I guess launched him into stardom. But his character uh, has sort of this this childlike uh, innocence and sweetness at times. Um, he seems to be sort of content with the simple pleasures of life, you know, music, family, community. But that sort of dichotomy of alcoholism um, really breaks through and bursts through. And and beneath all of that uh, mystique, we, we see truly who Jake is, which is, you know, a violent person who brings horrors onto his family because of a lack of control, um, because of sort of a, a deep-seated, I guess, um, you know, hatred for the world and for, you know, his own circumstances. You know, I think that that, that this film really is not is not scared at all to, to portray violent men in the way that they are, you know, complex, but also ultimately... Uh, horrible and despicable and you know I think that this is a really brave film for that reason and it's led by some brilliant performances like the aforementioned um, Tamora Morrison but also the absolutely brilliant Rena Owen who portrays his wife Beth Hickey um, who is essentially she carries this entire film because you know uh, throughout the presence of Jake, obviously we have this sort of scary figure that, you know, comes in and out of light and darkness. And, you know, he's, he's sort of sometimes portrayed to be sort of bubbly and fun specifically in the opening act, but then a complete and a complete wrecking ball and like shadow overtakes him. Um, when he enters this almost like trance like States, um, where he's either beating his wife or talking to his children or getting drunk and having parties, um, but beneath all that, yeah, we see how this impacts Rena Owen's character. Um, and also, furthermore, how it affects the children. And there are some stunning child performances in this film um, from, you know, Julian Aranga. Uh, but specifically, um, I'm going to butcher this name, but Mama Gaora Kerr-Bell, who plays the absolutely brilliant Grace in this film. She is the eldest daughter of the family and she sort of uh is the only um i guess mature child left in the house after after her brother is taken into social custody and she essentially looks after the young children and we just see so much weathering on this character there's just an absolute absolute understanding of her circumstances you know she um is completely aware of the dangers that surround her, but also completely, I guess, in enabled to do anything about them, you know, like, and I think that that's one thing that sometimes films around these situations don't always get right, is that balance of what the children know, what they don't know, how they react to things. But this film is so excellent. And there, there are particular scenes in this film, um, you know, some that bring me back to sections of my own childhood, you know, where, where adults are fighting and, you know, you can hear the clinking of alcohol bottles or you can hear loud music or you can just hear things that are ominous and there's such a subtlety to the way that it's edited, you know. It's never in the foregrounds but always in the backgrounds but always present and you 
and the way that the film is directed, you always understand that the children are aware of all these sounds and their connotations. And, you know, they hear the clinking of the alcohol bottles. So they know that they're in for a long night of drinking with the parents. You hear like the, the yelling and the, and the, I guess the, the violence and the banging from, you know, any sort of domestic abuse that might be taking place. And you realize, you know, that the children are going to have to come face to face with, you know, seeing their mother brutalized or, their father in this uh, animal-like state. There's, there is just such an honesty and a truth to the way that these moments are portrayed in the film that truly is incredible. And specifically, uh, I want to shout out the director, Lee Tamahori, who you know hasn't gone on to have the most esteemed career as a director, but absolutely, I, I think from what I can tell, this is his best work. Um, but that is by no means uh, an insult because this is a truly amazing film. Um, and something specifically that's worth mentioning with Lee with this film is that he got a lot of backlash when uh, attempting to make this film. You know, at this time there was a, a real push um, from the New Zealand government to you know uh, re-educate people about the image of of Maori people and you know not to reinforce stereotypes. And uh, you know, understandably, people thought that this film might hurt and do more damage than good. But I think what I guess uh, people who criticizing at the time didn't understand was this film uh, through its unflinching and unwavering look into, I guess, the the depravity of, of this specific family's lifestyle isn't making a comment. Well, it is making a comment about larger Maori society, but only the issues, you know, it also, it portrays the beauty and the light with it. You know, this film... This film is all about the demystifying of of fake connotations, you know, ideas that we have about families living in suburbia, about um, New Zealand culture in general, you know, about um, something as as seemingly happy as, you know, like a, a get-together with friends in a house can turn quite fast into a violent, um, devastating memory for these children. They're, I really want to shout out the opening scene as well because, you know, it's one of my favorite all-time opening shots from only having just seen this film um, in the last few days for the first time. But it immediately said everything that you need to know about this film. You know, the opening shot is this is this sort of classic, uh, beautiful landscape of the New Zealand mountain range. You know, what we've come to expect and, I guess, think about when we think about New Zealand and... Um, in that part of the world and that's you know that's what the New Zealand government puts out that's what all the tourist boards put out that's that's a lot of what we see from New Zealand is this beautiful mountainscape and it starts on that image but then slowly the camera pulls back and it reveals that it's actually a billboard we're looking at not the actual real mountainscape and as it further pulls back we see this sort of grimy gritty um, suburbia, you know, with uh, people traversing the streets, running around, it's looking dirty, you know, we're seeing um, gang-like activity and behavior, the music uh, sort of takes over with this sort of uh, gritty uh, rock feeling um, with these sort of weeping guitars and instantly you understand that this film is about is about taking that image of New Zealand and of this lifestyle and completely demystifying it and showing you what the reality is. And I just think that that's one of the best opening shots I've seen in a film in a long, long time. It's super subtle, and um, it's reinforced by the fact that the whole first act is so clean and so so unsuspecting and subtle, because, you know, I've, 
I've seen a few people talk about this film and they I've seen a few reviews where they're a bit confused about the opening first 20 minutes because to the untrained eye or, you know, maybe just people that aren't paying close enough attention, you can sort of think that, you know, these are a bunch of, um, I guess, scenes that don't really add up to anything or I guess are just like unrelated or just unlinked or just like really not progressing the plot. But what Lee Tamahori is expertly doing and the writer is expertly doing is introducing you to elements of this lifestyle um, specifically, you know, we meet the family and we see hints of, you know, Jake's anger. You know, we see him uh, sort of snap at his wife, Beth, in the first and one of the first scenes. But then also later we see him uh, just because a guy has inconvenienced him by playing a song in the bar. He essentially goes and beats up this guy. So we see the aggression uh, that this man is capable of and the physical damage that he's capable of. And then suddenly in the next few scenes, we see him intaking alcohol and quite a lot of alcohol. And, you know, the alcohol is placed in front of the camera, but it's by no means dramatically shot. It's not showing us this sort of like impending danger, but from the connotation of knowing what this man is capable of just on a whim, to see him actually get drunk, it is then sets you on edge for the rest of the film waiting for this man to ingest alcohol. And when he does for the rest of the film, I guarantee you, you will be on edge, you will be fearful, and you'll be worrying for this family. Um, and that's just one of the many examples of how this film um, expertly traverses uh, subtlety in narrative and directorial choices. Um, this is a spoiler-free review, so I won't be mentioning a lot of what happens in the back end and the third act of this film, and I think that's a good thing because I really think um, you need to experience this film um, knowing as little as possible, um, really all that you need to know. There are some, I guess, what I would call um, content warnings, you know, for the things that I've mentioned um, earlier in the podcast, but I do think this is a film worth seeing regardless of those... Um, you know, if you can handle those subject matters, because because it truly is um, unafraid and unflinching. And I think that art that is unafraid to portray reality is something that we should always cherish and something that we should always embrace. You know, I've watched, I've watched a lot of interviews after watching this film of the cast and talking about, you know, their process and the way that they they really wanted to take this opportunity um, to tell a story that was authentically in New Zealand and felt um, authentic to experiences that people were having at that time. Um, and, you know, I think that the reception for this film was excellent. You know, it did well internationally. Um, and to think that this film almost didn't get made because, you know, people were afraid of putting that image out there. I think that art should never be afraid um, to, to reflect the realities of society and life. Yeah, this, this this is an absolute powerhouse of a film. Um, I have to give a shout out to my girlfriend, Mia, who recommended this film to me. Um, I don't think I would have come across it, to be honest, without her recommendation, or at least not for a long time, because it definitely wasn't on my radar. So absolutely, I would recommend this film, Once World Warriors, to anyone that um, wants to see a, a gritty and realistic depiction of of New Zealand society of the 90s, you know, a, a tale about alcoholism, a tale about violence, men, um, a tale about how families um, withstand and repel and survive these types of atrocities. And to be honest, see some of the most excellent um, young performances and one-off performances because a lot of these actors, you know, were 
just uh, New Zealand citizens and they, and they were given the opportunity to, to embody these characters and a lot of them didn't go on to, to act um, after. So, you know, what you're getting is really authentic, um, you know, non-professional actors um, just absolutely giving their best here and giving you all of their own authenticity and it absolutely comes across on screen. So yeah, once again, Once We're Warriors, definitely check it out, guys. So without any further ado, yeah, I think I'm going to end the episode there. Um, Thank you so much again for joining in and for listening to the episode. And until next time, guys, have a great day.